cloud is a key enabler, especially within the airline and aviation industry. And particularly when we talk about security, it actually enables us to do things that we couldn't have before. It reduces barriers and risk in a lot of cases, especially as the world changes and our business model changes. We're moving more towards self-service and enabling a rich customer experience. You're listening to Cloud Security Reinvented, a podcast for security leaders with a focus on the cloud. Learn best practices from fellow security professionals and how they disconnect from it all at the end of the day. Cloud Security Reinvented. Good morning, or depending on when you are, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Welcome to Cloud Security Reinvented. I'm your host, Andy Ellis. Before I introduce our guest for the week, a quick word from our sponsor, Orca Security. Orca provides agentless security and compliance for your public cloud infrastructure, enabling you to detect and prioritize security risks in minutes, not months. Thank you, Orca. I'm here with Deneen DeFiori, the Chief Information Security Officer of United Airlines. Welcome, Deneen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and have a conversation with you. Yeah. yeah, thanks for joining us today. Across a career, not only do we as professionals grow, but the world we're in changes. And I'd like to get some insight from you about that, especially in light of the transition from the on-premise world many of us started in to the world of cloud that is increasingly the default model for IT infrastructure. But before we dive into that, would you share with our audience a little bit about your personal career journey and arc? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So currently, like you said, I'm a, the Vice President and Chief Information Security Officer at United Airlines. We're one of the largest global carriers, commercial airlines um, in the world. So hopefully you all know that and fly with us often. But I have been with them for about 18 months now. So I had the, uh, I'll get to say, dubious honor of joining the role at <laughs> uh, the end of uh, January in 2020, about, and then six weeks into it, the world changed and, you know, wow. especially for the airlines. Yeah. But previous to that, I spent, I actually grew up in GE, General Electric, and I did, uh, first half of my career was based in technology and infrastructure process improvement roles. And then the second half of my career was focused specifically on building the cybersecurity program at GE from a corporate standpoint, and then later on at the aviation business. You know what I like about that is so many people in the security world come from a pure technology background, and I'm really happy to see process as a foundational layer, because I actually think process is where security often really shines. You bet. You bet. You know, I always tell my team and I tell stakeholders as well, too, we can have the greatest security technology, but if it's not operationalized in the way you work, then it's not going to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. So how has your world of security and the way you look at it changed as cloud has become more prevalent as a design model? Yeah, definitely cloud is a key enabler, especially within the airline and aviation industry. And particularly when we talk about security, it actually enables us to do things that we couldn't have before. It reduces barriers and risk in a lot of cases. And when you think about it, you know, in my world, especially as the world changes and our business model changes, we're moving more towards self-service and enabling a rich customer experience. So being able to leverage the cloud and mobility is key to our business imperatives. And when you talk about things like, you know, not just a seamless customer experience, but 
physical safe experience around touchless check-in and touchless bag tagging and claiming, right? All those things need to be secure and accessible. And like on-prem technologies are not going to be able to do that and scale. And it's really um, important for us to embrace cloud as we move forward to enable our you know customer journey. Yeah, I'll say the touchless experience that I've gotten to work with a lot lately. You know, I've been flying yeah. <laughs> uh, to, back and forth to Israel. Yeah. Is the, the travel ready center and right. attempting to figure out which document to upload when. It right. was definitely an, an interesting challenge, but really appreciated that I could get them verified before I showed up at the airport. Right, right. And then the security and compliance implications of that, you know, from an airline um, perspective, we hadn't dealt with that type of personal information. Of yep. course, we secure, you know, passports and credit card information, but when you're talking about vaccination records, how do we do that in a secure manner and gain the trust of our customers that they're they want to be able to do that and they're confident that we will secure and protect their information. So it's always funny because my next question is going to be about cloud security. And whenever I say it, I'm thinking like, you know, the actual airplane because it's flying right. in the clouds, but right. obviously not. How is it different in your industry than you think other people from outside the industry wouldn't expect? Right. And actually, you, you hit a, a great point, and I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit. It is around safety, right? If you think about it, it's just not around on-air systems. Those are becoming more and more connected. So as we get newer fleets that are very much e-enabled, you know, things like calculating weight and balance, right, or doing over-the-air software updates are very important. But those are critical to be safe, secure. Right now we do physical, take the actual component out of the aircraft. Yep. So being more effective and more efficient in real time using cloud technologies is very important. And that's where the industry is trying to go. But you know, really making sure that we do it in a protecting the integrity and then translating that into a safety component is very different, I think, than other industries. And when you think about, like I said, how we do that, we do that manual process today. Also, if there's a vulnerability found in like a critical aviation system, it may take years to certify that code change. So that gives uh, attacker an asymmetric advantage. So us moving, yeah, us moving to you know cloud technologies and and really ensuring that we can do that in a secure manner really gives us an advantage that we don't have right now. Yeah, you know, it's always fun. The thing I love about talking to people is when I hear like this little tidbit about a piece of technology that I tangentially touched. You know, when I was in the Air Force, I worked on the acquisition program for the okay. ground collision avoidance system, F-16 and F-15. And it was the same thing. It was like, how do you just secure the, the updates when you're physically moving them? Right. And so to hear right. that finally we're talking about moving them right. to over-the-air updates. Right. But right. it's like, wow, you know, 25 years between exactly. sort of a generational shift in that technology. You bet, you bet. So as, as you think back to sort of the earlier parts of your, your career, right? There's a lot of things and practices that we learned, let's call it the pre-cloud era. Which of those most resonate today that you still sort of draw on that sort of foundational knowledge? Yeah, I think two things, strong identity and access management. Like I can't talk about that enough, right? Those robust practices around, you know, just working at least privilege and making sure you have those all those controls around account management and access management. I think, you know, especially as you move to the cloud, that becomes more and more important, right? And then mm -hmm. the second thing would be around configuration management, especially you have to know like what good is supposed to look like. And then you have to know like if there's configuration drift, right? So that, those yeah. are two things that I think are, are basic practices that we have to really embrace no matter what we do. 
Yeah, I think they're basic practices, but they're really hard ones I yes. think, for a lot yeah. of enterprises to get right. You bet. So on the flip side of that, what practice that has persisted out of the pre-cloud era should we have just been killed off and dead and buried a long time ago? Yeah, so I'll kind of relate it back to identity and access management again. The 90-day password changes or those frequent intervals, like I, that is like my biggest pet peeve. I can't, I'm, I'm like working to get rid of that at United right yeah. now with some other things. So I'm really excited about that, but that just drives me crazy. The, oh the other, my God. I know. <laughs> the other biggest pet peeve of mine is really relying heavily on firewall rules to manage yep. access controls because, any, you know, it's that point in time, somebody puts a request in to open this port up, that port up, and then, you know, thousands of rules later, you have no idea what is going on and basically your, your perimeter is gone. And we all know that really complicated firewall rule sets always have buried in them somewhere, you know, any, any allow, because in some incident, someone right. said, just turn off the rules and then right. they never turn them back on. That's right. You bet. You bet. <laughs> Yeah. So what has been the biggest surprise or maybe opportunity for growth that's still available in the cloud era? Like, what do you think we just didn't foresee when we started moving to cloud? You know, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's such, if it's a surprise, but I think about when it's not really, I'll say, integrated in the way we work yet. When you think about um, cloud technologies, right, you can mm -hmm. have that data access anywhere, anytime, you know, just-in-time kind of data access, right? And I don't think we're taking advantage of that as much as we can, right? Especially in my industry. Like I think if you're on the line and you're trying to do maintenance and you need a piece of information, a standard operating procedure, you know, we're making strides there, but it's not that like right there. In, yeah. in other industries, it's closer, but not so much in aviation. And if I recall correctly, in aviation is not my sweet spot. So correct me if I no get worries. this wrong, but basically doesn't every plane have a unique set of manuals for it based on whatever its configuration is. So it's yeah. not like you can just say, oh, look, here's the 787 handbook. We keep one at every airport. Every plane has a unique handbook. Right. You have to have like a specific, you know, maintenance records and configuration records associated with that particular aircraft. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that probably it creates, I think, some interesting scalability challenges yes, for you, you have to deal with that most of us don't worry about. Yeah. Um, so if you went back in your career, what's one piece of advice do you wish someone had given to you early in your career that maybe would be applicable to somebody else today just starting their career? Yeah, I think about this. You know, one of the things I think early on in my career is I depended on you know, like skill sets and knowledge, like I needed to be the expert, right? And that was great because you do gain, gain credibility around the knowledge you bring and the skills you bring to, you know, whatever situation or whatever problem you're trying to solve. But the other flip part of that is, yes, you have to have the skill set, but relationships matter so much as well too. You have to be able to not only get confidence because you know what you're doing, but the how you're doing and people trust you to do the right thing. So I think, you know, early on in my career, I focused so much on gaining expertise, right? And maybe not so much networking and building relationships. And now, you know, it, for the past, you know, 10, 10 years or so, it's been a flip. <laughs> yeah, no, and definitely, I think you're right on with that people need to trust that mm -hmm. either your solution or that you can go find the right solution, that you're the person that they can have in that spot. That's great advice. As you look at the future, what opportunities about technology or the future of the world are you most excited about? You know, like 
I'm going to have a theme here around identity, but um, that's my <laughs> one of my biggest passions. I always looking for opportunities to make things a little bit better there. But I think, you know, when I look at, you know, we all know about biometrics, right? The fingerprints, the mm -hmm. facial scans, retinal scans. But I think if we start to use some of the technologies around combination of the physiological and behavioral biometrics, like yep. voice scanning or handwriting, you know, and keystroke analysis, that you are able to improve experience and get a more trusted authentication without, you know, bump, like inhibiting the user, right? The passwords just there's such a weakness in my perspective. So, you know, if we can get over all the privacy, you know, roadblocks and things like that, I think there's a real opportunity for that to just have a better secure experience. And then you're able to really trust, you know, who you say you are. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to say one of the things about biometrics that I never thought that I'd be like, oh, this was the killer app was face ID. When it first yeah. came out, I was like, this is awful. And then I'm like, oh, it protects my passcode from shoulder surfing. Like, th like that yeah. little tiny bit was just amazing to me. And now just a bit of free form doesn't have to be about technology, but what's a bit of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll you know, kind of relate it to technology and kind of, you know, my experience in, in my career. But, you know, I think when your cybersecurity is such a hot place to be right now. And, you know, over the years, I've seen it evolve from a very technology risk to a mm -hmm. imperative, a business imperative, right? And when I think about what I do, you know, every time I board a flight, I'm reminded that the work that I do really makes a difference. It, it makes an impact, right? I get excited because I am protecting our shared purpose at United Airlines and previously when I worked at GE Aviation, right? But we're connecting people, uniting the world, you know, that I can resonate with that. And it really makes me excited to do what I do. And, you know, as you think about how business models are evolving, not only, you know, in my business where, you know, an example, um, customers implicitly trusting you to get them from point A to point B safely without any service disruptions, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you think about it as you relate to what a lot of cybersecurity professionals do. That's trust. Again, that customer trust. Typically, that was abstracted from, you yeah. know, that customer relationship was abstracted from the work that cybersecurity professionals do. But more and more businesses and industries, customers are relying on digital and technologies and making it secure and trusted to do whatever they're engaging in. Right. So that means like, you know, managing that customer experience and expectation is part of your job. And I think that's a fundamental shift. And I'm really excited about that. So, you know, I would encourage people to think about, you know, as they think about getting into cybersecurity or as they do their job, how do they relate it to, you know, the mission and purpose and vision of whatever company they're at or whatever their passion is, because it's, it makes it a lot more fulfilling and a lot more exciting to do it that way. Yeah, so maybe our trust has to be united is the takeaway <laughs> Maybe. There. That's yeah. a great, great tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I loved Fly the Friendly Skies, but apparently now it's united together. So I don't know if it's quite as catchy, but it's uh, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. We still say Fly the Friendly you Skies. Still do? We want okay. you to. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, Deneen, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on to share your wisdom. Thank you for having me. It was great. Awesome. And thank you all. We appreciate your time. And you can catch us on your favorite podcast platforms. And thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for checking out this episode of Cloud Security Reinvented, brought to you by Orca Security. 
Orca Security detects and prioritizes cloud security risks for AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google Cloud without the gaps in coverage, alert fatigue, and operational costs of agents. Please follow Cloud Security Reinvented wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit orca.security slash podcast to get immediate access to all of the latest episodes.